EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM I'm back, a day late and a dollar short as they say uh, great to be back from holidays. Um, it isn't my normal day for the EFTM podcast feed. Be listening in the two blokes talking tech feed. You wouldn't know any different, so all good. Um, I nearly didn't get a show away, but we, we had a couple of things come up this morning which allowed me to get enough content, so I thought, we're going to get it done. There's just so much going on. And the problem with working for yourself and taking a week off is everything is still there when you get back. <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, it was a great break. Uh, we went to the Gold Coast with the kids, go-karting, amazing, dream world, nothing like it used to be when I was a kid. Uh, but the water world at dream world, very cool. Um, great to be back. Uh, a few calls to get through today. Plus, we're going to talk about uh, a mobile phone that has been designed for seniors. And when I say seniors, I, I mean, you know, potentially dementia, patients, uh, our, and the most vulnerable seniors, not your, you know, just someone who needs bigger buttons. Um It's called the Big Purple Phone, and it's a fascinating idea. Fascinating the way it's been done. We're also going to talk about Formula One again. Ha! Gotcha! No, really, uh, but this time with some school kids. I love this project. It's called F1 in Schools, and uh, one of the teams in the Australian finals reached out, and we'll talk to them here on the EFTM podcast. So... Uh, we've got a lot to get through, and we're going to do it right now here on the EFTM Podcast. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening and uh, downloading, and appreciate your support. Questions about tech, you can go to the website EFTM.com anytime, as Maureen did. G'day, Maureen. Good morning, Trevor. What um, can I do for you? Well, need your help. Uh-huh. Apparently, Foxtel are turning off their cable uh, next March. Now, I rang, uh, we're in an apartment block in Mm. South Perth. I rang uh, Foxtel, absolutely hopeless. I think what I garnered from it is that they have two boxes available. We'd probably just need the four. um, And uh, as far as I can understand, they can install that. It's not a problem. Mm. But there's no free-to-air available unless you have an antenna and a satellite dish. Now, we can't just pop a satellite dish or an antenna on top of the apartment block. Okay, so there's a couple of things there. Firstly, you're right, there's a couple of boxes available from Foxtel. Let's address the Foxtel question first. You've obviously got a lot of channels you like watching and all that kind of stuff. You still want the pay TV service, yeah? Yes, I do. I've found it the best and I want to stick with Great. it. Great. So, just... and, and you've got internet at home as well. Yes, we have. And so yeah. did, and they ex- the f- did they explain that the IQ4 would deliver those channels over the internet, essentially? Yes, they did. Great. With With the... Um, the little sting that it, they won't, um, it won't uh, give us the free to air without those no, other two. But, but things. we'll get to that. But, but so your internet provider has unlimited data, or have you got a data limit on your internet? Uh, I, I look, I can't tell you exactly, but I'm saying we have a data limit, but that's not a problem. We can okay. So uh, I just wanted to, to clarify the Foxtel side of things first. So, yep, you'll get mm-hmm. an IQ four box. Yep, those channels will be available, but it will. The more you watch, the more data you use. So I'd just be looking at an unlimited plan. You shouldn't have a problem with that at all. Right. When it comes to -to free-to-air, the difference, I think the only thing that you've said that I want to challenge in terms of whether or not they were accurate in what they said is you definitely don't need a satellite dish. 
But now they set an antenna as well. No, so um, you you only need an antenna. You do not need a satellite dish. So, so does your apartment block an, have an antenna? I, I'm betting it no. does. No, well, the thing I spoke to someone yesterday on the committee, and as far they're not even aware of any of this. So mm. you're saying you think there'd be an antenna, or it's it's unusual for an apartment block to be built without um. Well, what we would refer to as coaxial cable running into every apartment. And, yeah. and then that coax is either one or two of them. If there's two, then one of them is free to wear and one of them is what you were previously using as Foxtel cable. Um, yeah. the, the antenna on the roof, you know, is a standard digital TV antenna, but in an apartment block it would have boosters and things that would allow it to, you know, send the signal down to as many apartments as there are. Right. Um, now, rem- uh, we're talking an apartment block built, I would say, late 70s. Even more likely that it, that it would be a TV really? antenna then. The only, I'll tell you what the difference is. Um, how many apartments in the in the block? Uh, I think there are about 14. And, and at a guess, you know, just do some profiling here of your fellow tenants. Um, you reckon they've all got Foxtel? <laughs> I would say they don't all, but um, I'm quite certain we wouldn't be the only ones. So I, I, I would... At a next strata meeting, apartment meeting, or if yeah. there's some sort of you know Facebook group or email, I would ask um, right. who does not have Foxtel but has TV. So right. they've probably got the same plug in the wall. In fact, it's quite quite possible if you go to Bunnings and get an an, uh, an antenna cable that goes from the coaxial, which is the kind of screw in style that you've got for your Foxtel, to the I don't even know what it's called, but the standard TV antenna style, the little circle with the with the prong prong in the middle. You'll actually be able to plug your TV in and tune it and get channels through your existing cable. Like it's the cable coming into right. your into your home probably is free to air. The the way to solve that once and for all, it, and I yeah. don't know whether you want to do this yourself or whether you want to go through the whole palaver with the unit complex, but is to get an antenna man out and have them you know check the cable and go, is this getting free to air signal? If it is, hey presto, done deal. You can just plug that antenna into your new Foxtel box and it will tune the TV channels and they'll be there for you. I think you've just given me the answer. Get a, an antenna man out. Look, the the, the thing is, if um, Foxtel uh, won't, they will not be providing the free-to-airs anytime soon via the internet. So you are going to need an antenna. Now, if the yeah. building has a cable but it's an old antenna, then the antenna probably needs upgrading anyway from when we right. were digital. But the great thing here, Maureen, is free-to-air is exactly that. It's free, free to air, and you. Oh, it's yes. You'll get definitely. to you'll get to a point at some stage, I'm guessing, where you start to think, "Am I paying too much for all these Foxtel channels?" And you'll look at it. The and you, you might even start getting some apps and things, and you'll rely on the free to air cable for the you know for the free to air. And then there's a whole million ways of getting the content past that. So yeah, while it's annoying what Foxtel is doing for most people, it will be an, a time of discovery. Um, and probably cost-saving. But for you now, get an antenna man out to check what's in your home, um, and he may then need to you know, have a second visit to, to look at what's on the roof if that happens. But yeah. broadly, um, you'll be okay. You won't need a satellite dish. Antenna man didn't even think, look, that's fantastic. I was so confused yesterday talking to Foxtel, and they were completely hopeless. Oh, you know, this is it. You know, and this, this is, is it. This is them Nowhere. switching you off too. They, they, they should be providing much better, better <laughs> exactly. um, support, yeah. Exactly. It's crazy. Trevor, thank you so much for that. I, I, that's going to 
as far as I'm concerned, probably the problem. Well, is let me know. Now. Send me an email when I, you when I you get a solution. Will. Good on you, Maureen. I certainly will, Trevor. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Good on you. You too. Thanks for getting in touch. Um, this is going to be an ongoing problem, and I should probably do some more work and uh, writing around it because people are going to be asking this question for the next year or so. Keep going with calls. Ben's on the line. G'day, Ben. G'day, Trevor. What can I do for you, mate? Mate, just looking to – I'm using dual SIM on my uh, iPhone 12 Pro, mm-hmm. Pro Max, um, and just looking to see if there's any way to schedule where the second SIM is turned off, you know, if I can put that on any sort of schedule um, after a certain time of night and on the weekends, so I'm not accepting – you know, not getting calls from – Customers, etc., on that late at night. Ah, so you've got two sims. I've only just done. I've, I mean, I've done it before, but I did it recently just to test the Kogan eSIM process, and I think I'm stuck with it now for twelve months. I accidentally bought the bought <laughs> the twelve month plan. Um, uh, so you know, you've got the concept around you know primary and secondary lines and stuff. Yeah, there. I, I'm just the first thing I'm going to check here is Siri shortcuts. Have you ever no. used a Siri shortcut? Uh, I think I've used some shortcuts. So on the thing Siri. is, it's it's honestly the most powerful part of the iPhone, but it's the most complicated, crazy thing that it's not worth doing. Um, the cool. best one I've seen online, and my, my son did it to my wife, whenever my wife plugs in her phone to charge uh, yep. in the car, it says, uh, hello, uh, Master Jackson Long's mother. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've actually used that before. I did see right? that. So it's a similar shortcut thing where you say, I want it to do this when this happens, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if right. you search shortcuts, there are some mobile things you can do, like um, you can set voice and data. So you can set – uh, it's really just setting 5G on and you can change. So what you can do is you can set it so that when you get home, I want my – um, voice to be primary and my data to be secondary and stuff like that. You can switch right. those around. But you can't seemingly uh, turn one off. What I'm wondering is whether focus mode might be an option for you. You know, you've got do not disturb and driving and all those things. Yeah. I wonder, because what you want is you want basically to not get calls on your, let's say, secondary number uh, after these hours, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, calls from no, it's it's not there. I'm looking at the kind of focus mode, trying to see if there's a way of indicating a, a line, which is what the Americans would call it. But no, it doesn't appear to be. You might have found a nice, uh, nice doozy there, oh, mate. I'll, I'll put that out to any other people using dual SIM. I yep. don't know. I, it's a fascinating one because the whole point of a dual SIM is to have one device, but then the benefit of two devices, you can turn one off, right? Well, that's right. Yeah, that's. Essentially, is that um, after the message from a customer at three AM the other day, just going okay, I was like, nah, I want to turn this off. Oh God! You know, yeah, I was just like, no more of this. So, um, ideally, yeah. I'd have to turn the business phone off at night and just you know have it back on in the morning. All right, I'll take it on notice. I'm going to ask Apple, but I'll ask everyone listening if you're doing your dual SIM situation. If you found a way, essentially, what we're asking is if you found a way to handle the complexity of I don't want work calls on the weekend. But I like having the dual SIM phone. That's exactly. that's essentially what yep. we want. All right, Ben, uh, leave it with me. Let's see what we can find out, mate. No worries, thanks, Trevor. Good on you, buddy. Um, yeah, it's a kind of interesting one. Um, I, I'm, it may be simple. Uh, I don't see it in the settings as a simple thing, but let's yeah, let's put it out there. If you know an answer, let me know. 
Um, and we'll um, we'll see if we can uh, find out. Let me know. Uh, go to the website eftm.com if you've got a got a way around that problem, and uh, we'll see if we can help everyone out. EFTM. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM podcast. Covered a lot of new phones over the course of this uh, wild career that I've had, and you know, often we're talking expensive phones, we're talking great cameras, we're talking amazing features. Uh, but one feature that's often overlooked, and I've seen this a lot, especially when you listen to talkback and you know the calls I get, especially in Perth on six PR every week. You know, I reckon once a month or, or more, and I only you know only get to half an hour a week. Um, there's someone asking about a phone for their elderly parent or their their family member who doesn't need all the bells and whistles. They just need a phone that works. But in this digital age, you've got everything from you know we had the COVID check-ins and now we've got vaccination certificates. We're a much more digital world, um, from video calls to just sending a text. It's not easy. Um, but there's a new phone on the market, and I normally roll my eyes at uh, an Aussie who's created a phone because, I'll be honest, it's not an easy market, okay? You can't just go and create a phone, um, hardware, software, all the way through and just hope that it's going to work because it's years uh, to gain traction. It's difficult to support, but there's something different about the Big Purple Phone, and uh, I thought we'd grab Libby Henderson from Big Purple Phone to explain and talk about the concept of the Big Purple Phone. G'day, Libby. G'day. How are you going? I'm very well. Now, as I just said, um, when the great team that you've got looking after you suggested to me about this, I thought, oh, no, another new phone. And I know. I, I personally know people who've created devices, uh, you know, gone to factories in China and created them and all that kind of stuff, and it just strikes me as a real um, a, rig, a risk, frankly, because, you know, building a device from scratch, you're competing against big brands, it's, it's, it's a tough gig. But you've, done, is, something, yeah. you've done something very different. Um, mm. you, you've actually got a, a great phone and added the perfect layer to it. Is that a simple way of describing the big purple phone? I love that you described it like that because you're right. There's so much. When we started out, we were looking at uh, we were looking at suppliers in China, and I'm sorry, there's a noise in the background. Can't hear it. Okay, so I love that um, you describe it like that. So we've worked with Nokia, which you know it's a great phone. You know, I remember Nokia from when I was young, and I'm mm. sure many others do as well. And it's still around. And it's still a good phone. It's being produced really, really well. So we haven't had to worry about you know developing all that. All the, basically all the yeah. tech, but my background is in digital design and interface design and uh, usability, and my husband, James, who's my partner, is ex-Telstra. So uh, between us, yeah, uh-huh. so we've been able to bring the you know, those two skill sets to a really good phone and develop a service that is, it's not just the phone, it's the service. So the two things together are what makes mm. big purple phone different. In a nerdy Android world, is it kind of safe to say what you're doing is flashing the phones with your own version of, of Android, a little layer on Android that means that whenever your customers, um, who are most likely elderly um, with simple needs but you know high-tech needs in the modern age, um, will simply turn it on and be able to push big buttons on a big purple phone. Exactly. So you don't see any of the Android uh, functionality. You don't see any of the settings that you would normally see. It's 100% set for the big purple phone. So you turn it on, you see the big purple phone logo, and it comes straight and says, good morning to the name of the person who's using the phone with the weather. And then it goes straight to the home screen, which is big buttons that say phone message. 
video chat, all the things that you want mm. right there, just with one click. Now, it's a $699 phone, the big purple phone, which I would have argued was too much, but then I realised it's a Nokia and it's got a great camera, it's got a good screen, um, it's got a full screen design. It's it's like a, a properly modern phone, um, so it's actually good value. And then you're working with Telstra for you know, obviously SIM plans and coverage and you're looking at a, a $79 plan per month. What does the $79 include? What, what can they do uh, in terms of limitations, uh, phone calls, text, data? Yeah, so in terms of the plan itself, the phone has uh, national calls, SMS and and unlimited data. Um, the, the phone doesn't do all the things that a normal phone does. So uh, one of the features of the phone is that it has uh, no connectivity to any way that they can get spam or phishing or um, be signed up to unwanted texts or calls. So uh, the plan itself has enough data for all the functionality of the phone. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. So when you talk about scam, spams and all that kind of stuff, how do you how do you prevent them from getting those random calls though? Yeah. So we've got the Big Purple Phone comes with a family and friends network. So when you buy a Big Purple Phone for your senior, you also receive uh, a link to download the app and all the family members within the network of a of a senior person receive that as well and you can invite more people into the network, but the uh, calls... So it's very t- similar to a way uh, the kids' watches work. You know, my, you give my kids yeah. a watch, you say mum, dad, granny, papa, all that kind of stuff, and it's only them that can call and it's only um, them that can be called. So you're That's essentially right. limiting the, the people from which you can receive calls and texts um, to, to, the, to the big purple phone. That's right. So you've got... Uh, yeah, that's right. It's basically a, a little social network around the person that you're trying to care for. And, and uh, uh, how would that work for I don't know, um, you know, mum's in a in a in an aged care facility, but she's got this phone which is great. Make video calls to the kids; they're all listed there. What if she wants to make a phone call to someone else? Is can she still dial a phone number? She can dial out. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's fine. But but those that uh, can phone in are only people that are in the network, wow. and you can add people on. Yeah. Uh, the, but it does help. Yeah. That's so much stress. I know um, I developed the phone because, uh, well, one of the reasons was my mother during um, COVID had, she was getting 16 text messages a day, and I'm <sighs> sure many have, and has no idea how to turn off the notifications or, yeah. So it's just a much quieter phone. <laughs> so then <laughs> let, let me ask you from a, a monthly cost perspective, $79 is, is a high price for um, um, for a monthly phone plan, but we need to look at this as being more than just, calls, texts and data, don't we? Because obviously you've talked already about the great kind of network and limitations you build around, um, you know, by, by stopping uh, unwanted things. That's worth money on its own. But there's also mm. uh, essentially a, a feels like a one-to-one connection they can make with, with you guys, with your support team. Um, yeah. Like there's a, there's a, a live help button uh, so they can just That's make right. a video call to you guys. Yeah, I, I, I hear so many people talk about being technical support for their parents um, where they're <clears throat> or just seniors in their lives where yeah. they need to go on and, and help them out. So they can do that, <clears throat> excuse me, with us. Um, so there's a button on the phone, you basically click it and then they'll have the video patched through to us and uh, we can, they can see a face. A lot of this market want to see, um, want to know they're talking to a real person. Yeah. And need the help. So we'll do technical support. We'll deal with Telstra if there's an outage. Um, so that's that's part of the service. But there's also another part of the service, which is there's a uh, – it's it's like an emergency pendant. 
but it's on the phone. So there's an emergency SOS button um, that you can press when you're out and about. Many of the uh, the alerts that you, the alert and call features that are in homes these mm. days um, aren't GPS or they're just within the house. So this is a fantastic service. So we, if you're out and about and, and you have an emergency or you need to call an ambulance, there's a button on the outside of the phone and you press that and an ambulance is called. And also we then notify uh, your family network emergency network yeah mm-hmm. so um, I know when people have an emergency they not only have to deal with phoning trying to find get unlock the phone phone triple o but then try and phone family and friends to let them know that they're in trouble um, but this this handles that in one click or one press of the button so how how ready are you for scale if this thing goes phenomenally <laughs> well for you because obviously the the concept of you know clicking a button getting um, face-to-face technical support is is a big one in terms of manning that. Uh, yeah. You know, how do you do that? Yeah, well, we're, I mean, we're ready. We're very keen to um, to see the business grow. We've got um, a call centre set up. We're in the southern highlands of New South Wales, so we've got staff monitoring the phones down here. Um, but it's also a very easy to use phone. I have to say, yeah. it's uh, we're, we're anticipating a certain amount of uh, initial. Mm-hmm. Inquiry from from customers who are using it, and then we do think that they'll they'll settle down. So that's our that's our hope. But um, we're certainly planning to um, certainly planning to grow. Then there's plenty of Nokia's around for us to um to source, and we've got Nokia behind us um, supplying phones, so we're we're ready to go. And do you um is there a third party involvement in the purchasing of the phone? When I say third party, I mean the child <laughs> most likely. Yeah. So yeah. You, you don't you don't do the physical setup and the and the networking creating. You just send the device to the person who buys it and, and and work on the assumption they will download the app and create the network and all that stuff so that the contacts and everything are ready to go and it's handed over to the end user. Yeah, so the phone is appropriate for someone who, you know, if they've got dementia or Alzheimer's and they're really unable to manage putting in a SIM mm. or porting over their phone. So that's the sort of person who the big purple phone is suitable for. Yeah. And quite often there is a carer, a partner, um, an adult child who is looking after that yep. person's needs. So the way it is is that uh, when you purchase the phone, let's say, let's say it's have you got a parent or an aunt or an uncle or somebody who could use the big purple phone? Oh, I can think of a, a grandparent that could be uh, could be useful for yes. Okay, so say you're uh, you buy the phone online, mm-hmm. you're you get sent a, a link when you've purchased the phone and you download the app. Uh, in the meantime, we insert the SIM into the phone and you tell us via the app whether you want a phone number ported over or if you want a new phone number. And we do that in the back end, in the background. And then whilst that's been delivered to your grandfather, you invite your family and friends to the network. So that's kind of how it works. Yeah, nice. So, I mean, it's an end-to-end solution. You are doing a fair bit of legwork at the starting point with the um, setting up of the SIM and stuff like that. So it's not like it's just coming from the factory plastic sealed. You're having to do a bit of work at Big Purple Phone, which obviously also helps, I'd say, justify the the initial and the ongoing price because it is more than just a device, isn't it? It's more than just a device and a plan. It's it's an ecosystem and a service. Yeah, Yeah, and these are very... um, Something that people forget is how fragile we get when we get old. You know, these are very fragile people that really do need um, gentleness and um, and can't handle being on hold or being passed from pillar to post when they find Telstra so, or any other phone provider for that matter. Um, and the expectation that you can go on and even just go into your settings and change your accessibility settings so that you can see better, that's a that's actually a lot of clicks and a lot of challenge um, for someone who really just wants to find a button 
you know mm. there's um a lot of research around the reasons why uh, we give up with technology as we get older and one of the one of the key drivers is a, a sense that you're afraid of what happens if you click on something and what might happen after that and not knowing what's behind what's behind the click if you know what I mean yeah. so we've designed it so that there's very few layers in the phone and when you receive the phone there's a um, we send a welcome booklet with it which shows it's a really simple little booklet so unlike an instruction booklet with lots of words mm. and and lots of tiny print, um, big pictures that say, this is the phone. When you click on it, this is what you'll get. This is a video call. When you click on it, this is what it looks like. So we're trying to demystify the phone so that people feel comfortable is, and feel confident with it. Is the phone the end play for Big Purple? Because I feel like once <laughs> you, you're in this space, I've spoken to other people who you know, are dealing with, with this space, um, you know, especially elderly people, aged care facilities, that kind of stuff. There's a lot of scope for different things like sensors and monitoring and different stuff. It's a it's a phenomenal potential, but it comes at a high risk because you know if we put too much faith in uh, uh, in technology in some way, you um you end up you know with risk at, at the at the producer's end. So where does Big Purple Phone go next? We it's a really um, interesting and colourful conversation we have <laughs> about where Big Purple Phone is going to go next. We've got two lines two lines of thought. We've got on the one hand, um, IoT obviously presents us with so many opportunities for monitoring and for assisting, um, particularly people who are isolated. So we've, we know that many, many who are older are on their own, and so there's certainly um, need. Um, but we want to try and find the right balance between mm. providing monitoring services that are helpful and and being simple and straightforward. Yeah. So for us, that's, we want to stay close to the customer with our strategy and make sure that we're providing them something they really need. We've actually found so many people who are slightly, I guess, younger, for want of a better term, than mm. the target market that we have for the big purple phone. Um, tradies, you know, we talk about you know, fat fingers, big fat fingers, and um, you know, it's very hard to navigate sometimes a phone when you're out on the field, and so there's opportunity there. So we've got... Yeah. We're kicking it through. We're launching this week, so um, big purple phone becomes the the seniors' dementia angle, and maybe a big orange phone uh, for the tradies <laughs> with a, a similar overlay of uh, simple buttons and easy yeah. to use. We um, definitely we, we've already registered the name Big Orange Phone for that. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> that's a bit obvious. <laughs> that's, well, I, I, as I said it off the top of my head, I thought, "What's what's tradie what, tradie color? Tradie color orange." Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I yeah. as I said at the start. Um, you know, I get a lot of these kind of uh, props, uh, pictures, and a lot of them, I, I feel, I feel bad talking about them and to them because I don't have the confidence in them myself. Whereas mm-hmm. I see what you're doing, I understand the simplicity of not having to worry about the device. Like uh, the way I look at it is, if my grandfather, for example, uh, um, you know, has an issue with the phone and we're, we're in a support cycle. You're probably just going to send another phone and take the other one back, and you deal with Nokia. Then that's your problem, you know. Like it's mm. it's easy for you to handle that, as opposed to you know having to build device. Anyway, it's a it's a great strategy. Um, it's clearly a big market, and that feels like a bad thing to say, but it is. Um, yeah. And and you're a doing wonderful work. People. So hopefully, there's a bunch of people listening who who uh, will answer that same question you asked me. Is there someone in your life who could benefit from the big purple phone? Uh, simplicity, uh, ease of use, and, uh, and, a, and a kind of walled garden of contacts. And six ninety nine gets you a new phone and a seventy nine dollar uh, first month. And, and no, no ongoing. Uh, if if you don't like it, you don't love it. It's a it's, you know it's not a twelve month commitment from from the get go. No. So. 
And I tell you what, if they don't like it, if you know, you, which is one of those things that happens from time to time, we just we can remotely, we will and happily do so, remotely wipe the phone and return it back to a Nokia. So well, that's um, an interesting proposition, isn't it? Because then you're yeah. saying, look, uh, if if you don't like it as a big purple phone, uh, hey. Sorry, that's disappointing. Can we get some feedback? Uh, exit interview style. But but uh, while we're there, we'll just press a few buttons and you've, you've got yourself a second draw phone for when you know you need a spare phone or you've, you've got a brand new phone for yourself if you need one. So I like that philosophy and that's the kind of attitude that'll win your points from a customer service perspective. Um, congratulations on, on the launch. Um, uh, it's obviously at a pre-order stage now, shipping in, in just a few weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I hope it goes wonderfully well for you and I hope you keep me in, in the loop with all the progress and advances as it goes on. I will do. Thank you so much, Trevor. Thanks, Libby. And uh, what a great idea. What a wonderful way to ensure that as a as a family member, you can have that connectivity with a loved one, but not have to have that age of uh, hourly tech support because, you know, the buttons are so small and it's difficult to use a mobile phone these days. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Happy to take your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website, eftm.com. And uh, Lee did that. G'day, Lee. How are you? Uh, Trevor, yeah. Good, thanks, mate. Yep. Mate, what can I do for you? Trevor, I've got a, an iPad that um, that was given to us, as a, was given to my wife as a Christmas present. Yep. And it was a number of years ago now, probably six, seven years ago. Hmm. And um, our son-in-law set it all up for us, got it going. And my wife was using it there a year or so ago, and it came up with this activation code. And we we haven't got the um, Apple ID to log into it and or password. And oh. because it was set up and was given to us as a gift, we haven't got any information, haven't got any receipts for it. And Apple, Apple don't want to know anything about it because they, they need proof of purchase. Yeah. And it's a seven-year-old iPad, you say? Yeah, around about that, Trevor, yeah. It's, and yeah, and it's now, do you remember, was it like plastic wrap, brand new, guaranteed from Apple at the time? I believe so, Trevor. I'm not, yeah. well. Yeah. So there's, uh, no, yeah. there's no thought that it was someone else's before it was yours, right? No, no, I okay. believe it's brand when, new, yeah. When it, when it asks for the Apple, Apple ID and all that jazz, which you don't have, you know how some, I think it comes up with it, but it doesn't tell you what it is. It it puts yep. like yep. stars instead. Yep, Does that's it, right. Yep. Is it a recognisable email address? I've tried quite a few, Trevor, and no, it, um, I can't seem to get it to, to and it, plus it's a, it comes up as an iCloud account. And, and, you've, and you don't have we one? We don't have an iCloud, no. And there is some... Sorry, go. On. No, no. Uh, the son-in-law that set it up for you, um, still in the in the picture? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew where that was going to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a that's that's the biggest kicker. Yeah. I, I did have a, actually ask him, and uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. yeah. At this stage, no. Now I know it's frustrating, and it feels like no one's helping. But the problem is what Apple did. So. 10 years ago, 12 years ago when the iPad first came out, even iPhones, mate, they were being stolen like they were cash because yeah. you could steal them, wipe them, and just use them, right? That was that They were a currency. Yeah. And so what Apple did wisely was essentially make it so that that Apple ID and password was required to set up a new device. And now I can't account for why it's come up suddenly other than maybe during an iOS 14, 13, 15 software update, it kind of required this at the very start of the process. 
that's my guess. Um, but the reason it exists is to you know, prevent theft. And, uh, mate, without that email address and that password, you currently have a paperweight. Exactly right. And it ain't going to change. Oh, oh, mate, I-, I could ring Apple, but you know what they're going to say? They've got to have yeah. the email address and the password. Um, or proof, or proof of ID, proof of a purchase, one of the two, and you don't have either. Um, so, Matt, I'm re- I'm really sorry, but I actually don't think there is a way to unlock it. Okay, yeah. Which is don't a real worry. bummer, mate. I'm I'm sorry, yeah. but um, because that son-in-law's out of the picture and you don't recognise the iCloud account um, as yeah. one of your own, because you've never had an iCloud account, um, yeah. mate. I don't know what you can do other than yeah. you know what what do you use the iPad for? What 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 do you want it for? Well, there's a lot of photos on there. Oh crap! Can't get onto. Um, and yeah, this was general usage for my wife when she was sort of sitting around, yeah, doing a bit of reading and bits and pieces. But yeah, a lot of photos, and that was the main thing. And um, yeah, other than that, yeah, just general usage, mate. Um, even now, yeah. getting the photos are locked behind that same, you yeah. know, um, barrier. Now, yeah. I, you know, I want to say to you that, you know, a general usage iPad, you don't have to spend the big bucks. You don't have to. In fact, I'm doing a Today Show segment tomorrow. You know, I I reviewed the a TCL tablet this week for my daughter. 350 bucks. Great tablet. Does everything you need. Like, really great what? tablet for 350 bucks. The what TCL TCL Tab 10S. Uh, have a look on the website, eftm.com. But oh, okay. I only say that because I want you to know that you don't have to spend 900 bucks to replace that yeah. iPad. Yeah. But unfortunately... Unless someone has a better idea who's listening and I can get back in touch with you, I I think um I think it's a paperweight, my man. This this um I've had a bit of a look around on Google and stuff. They talk about a um something you can a program you can buy that sort of what do they call it, hacks into it somehow and can't um I wouldn't I mean unless yeah. I wouldn't spend a dollar unless unless it's certified guaranteed. Yeah. It just feels like it's the kind of thing. So think of it this way. It's like one of those, um, you know, you've wiped your memory card on your camera. There's software you can get to down to re- to bring it back. The, right. the cheapest of it, you know, I wouldn't believe for a second is going to recover all the photos and none of them would guarantee they're going to recover all of them. In this case, it, but, but you'll spend the money because you're desperate, right? In your case, yeah. you really want to get into that thing. And so you will That's spend right. the money, but I reckon you're spending, you're peeing money yeah. up against a wall by spending yeah. it, okay? Yeah, okay, no worries, yeah. This that was a what I was trying to think of. They call it a jailbreak or something. That's uh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. mate, if you want to roll the dice, I'm not going to stop you. I've just yeah. never done it, and I'd be right. amazed if it worked. Okay, yep. All right, Trevor. Sorry, no worries, bud. Mate. Um, not what you wanted to hear. Call back and um, yeah, good on you. Good Thanks on you, mate. Info. No Thanks, worries, Trevor. mate. Sorry, it's not Go what you wanted to hear, buddy. Yeah, tough one. I mean, that's the whole, as I explained, the whole reason the activation lock is there is to stop theft. And I know he didn't steal it, but that's why also it's a good, it's actually a good lesson, right? That son-in-law, you know, if it's your device, do the setup yourself. So at the very least, you remember something about the the address or the password. Do you know what I mean? So I feel sorry, I feel sorry for Lee, but there's not much you can do at that point. Anyway, you know where to go, EFTM.com. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Now, I just want to mention um, something I don't know if I wrote about. Yes, I did. I wrote about it. It's definitely at EFTM.com. Or did I dream that? Focus mode on the iPhone. When focus mode was announced at WWDC last year, 
I thought it was amazing. Like work-life balance, your your phone knows you're at work, it gives you work information, knows you're at home, gives you home information, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I liked it, but it was just always nagging me to switch modes and I'm a 24-7 guy. I don't need modes. But going away on holiday, I thought I'll test this out. I'll test out focus mode. And I created a focus mode for, and I called it holiday. Um, and I'm blown away with how good it is. To the point where it's now going to be, and I'm going to rename it right now. I'm going to call it, oh, you can't rename it. Oh, look at that. Um, oh, name and appearance. Yes, I can. Here we go. I'm going to call it weekends. And here's how weekends work for me. Um, and here's how you set up your own focus mode. You give it a name. So you, you go into focus mode and you cl- click the plus and you create a custom one. Don't just ignore all of its mindfulness and stuff. Custom focus mode. Give it a name and call it weekend or after hours. Give it a color. Come up with a cool emoji, whatever you like. Next. Allowed people notifications. So whose who's text messages and emails in the Apple email app will come through to you? Now, it'll actually suggest a bunch of people your most uh, frequently called um, numbers. And so I've got in there Stig, I've got Fennec, I've got uh, the boss at the Today Show, I've got my wife and my kids. So if they send me texts, they'll come through. So we'll go allow. And then you go allowed apps for notifications. Well, on holidays, I definitely wanted Arlo. I wanted to know my home security. I don't want my email. I don't want TikTok. I don't want Twitter. I don't even want messages. But I do want WhatsApp because that's where a lot of my messaging happens. Side note, in WhatsApp, I then going on holidays, I muted a bunch of the groups for a week because I can check on them, but I don't want the notifications. So we choose a couple of apps to get notifications from. What matters on the weekend to you? Choose those apps and then go allow. And there's one other thing you can do, um, which is you can then choose who can call you. Now, the great thing about this was... um, I was able to say, and this is in that first setting, allowed people. It also says, also allow calls from, and your options are everyone, no one, favorites, or all contacts. Now, I've only got a couple of people in favorites, so I could choose that, but I just chose all contacts. If I've gone to the trouble of saving your number, I don't mind if you call me. And what that did during my holiday was allow me to, if I looked at the phone log, all these numbers in red, missed calls, because they were going straight to voicemail. They were mobile numbers, random numbers. They were people not in my contacts. And and also scam calls, my God, Singapore, Russia, Singapore. Um, they all went straight to voicemail. And it was perfect because I didn't get bothered. And, yeah, the messages are still there. The emails are still there. You just got to open the app. And my screen time was down 70% in the week, which you'd expect on holidays, but very easy to get caught up in your in your phone. So I just want to say, focus mode in iOS 15 is brilliant if you if you craft it to your needs. So while the iPhone is smart and intelligent, do it yourself. Create your own custom focus mode or after hours or whatever you want to call it. And I think you'll find less distractions, more time for you. I loved it. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM.
Now, I think from uh, the podcast a couple of weeks ago after the Melbourne Grand Prix, you, you're well aware I love my Formula One. Um, it was great to uh, meet up with the team at Jig Space down there at the Alpha team and then um, Corey from uh, Deadly Science on the McLaren team. We had a great weekend with Mercedes and uh, Fox Sports. It was awesome to be down at Melbourne. <clears throat> but I got an email uh, in early March, actually, from... Uh, a very important man, Alan Nguyen, who's the marketing director of Vanguard. And I thought, well, I'd better pay attention to this. But the email started quite strangely. Alan is a year 11 student. Very formal title, the managing director of Vanguard for a year 11 student. But see, Vanguard is a team. A team of four students participating in the F1 in schools competition. And they've just finished third at the state finals, uh, winning four out of the eight awards presented. Uh, and the national finals... Well, they might have already been, actually, given the email was a little while ago. So they've got an interest in Formula One. They're working on this F1 in schools. I have always been fascinated by this F1 in schools thing, so I want to know more. Alan, Aiden, and Victor are on the line. G'day, boys. G'day. How are you doing? Really good. So uh, let's rewind a bit. Um, Prairiewood High School. Now, how does a, a group of young blokes get involved in the F1 in schools competition? Funny story, really. So... I'm Aiden, and I've been participating in sort of like STEM competitions through my whole school life. I started in year seven with the um, first Lego League. We had to design a Lego robot to perform tasks. That went quite poorly for me. We did not <laughs> talk about that experience. Done. Okay. Take <laughs> move on. And in year eight, I heard from an interesting offer from one of our teachers talking about a competition we had to design an F1 car. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'll hop on board. So I spoke with a teacher and he was like, oh, no, no, no. It's not an actual F1 car. It's a model F1 car. And, you know, I was a little bit disheartened, you know. Mm. I want to be a next Mercedes, design the next W13, you know. but They could probably um, do with some help right now. <laughs> I'll bring an article about that, but that's for later. Um, but, yeah, so I just got involved through teacher intervention. And I was in the competition for around four years. And then two years ago, Alan and Victor decided to join in on the team with me because some of my other team members had decided to leave, decided to move on to other ventures, but I decided to stay on. So, um, yeah, as a team, two years ago, we joined together. We joined forces. We had a team before this called mm. Orality, which was focused on augmented reality, which was not the smartest of ideas, I'll have to admit. Right. We stood back. We thought, okay, what's the big picture? What is our team actually looking for? And we decided to go with Vanguard, you know, we're leading the future. That's what a Vanguard is. They lead the forefront of change. So what is the challenge? Um, what, uh, you said yeah, the state finals, there were four of eight awards. So is is the challenge continually, uh, you know, putting your vehicle, your design, your uh, principle up against others? Uh, and what are you competing to do? What What is the challenge each time? Well, the challenge is in basic terms, to create the fastest model F1 car. That's the, the okay. grand, that's the big picture. But there's a lot of smaller things involved. Like you're going up against hundreds of teams around the world, thousands of teams around the world, actually, hundreds in Australia alone. We're the biggest country for this competition. Really? Okay. Which is, yeah. Australia is actually the leader of the competition. We've gotten, I think, first in worlds for like three, four years. Yeah, Not in right. a row, but overall. Yep. Very impressive. But anyways, yeah. So the competition involved creating, modeling, marketing a miniature F1 car. 
So, yeah, obviously, I'm the team manager. I manage everything. So I help people. I help around. Um, Alan Newen, who you've been in correspondence with, is our marketing director, marketing manager. He consults with everyone, media, companies, tries to get us partnerships, tries to get us media opportunities like this one. This is a great opportunity. We're so thankful for it. Um, but yeah, that's what. Marketing so it's more than just a fast car. You've got to you've got to essentially have a Formula One model team, um, which obviously exactly. emulates the team. entire experience. So it's not just about building engineers of the future, but marketing and all those other things. So, exactly. What, where where are you at with the national finals? Because they were uh, at the first time of communication, they were a way off. Have they happened yet? Um, no, they were actually postponed. They were supposed to be on April first. Okay. Yeah. Alongside the, yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be quite a bit ago, but it was postponed due to the fact that there have been discrepancies in, um, like, the COVID restrictions. COVID yeah, restrictions of, like, of course, because uh, everyone needs to get together and their models need to race together and all that stuff. So exactly. it is an in-person kind of thing. So when are we looking at for the state finals, for the national we finals? I'm sorry? We're looking at, well, for time frame, it's around March. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, for the national finals, it will be uh, on the 16th to the 20th of May. Okay, uh, awesome. At uh, Robert Bosch. So, how many teams are in the national final, and how do you rate your chances? There should be around seventeen teams, I believe, if I remember. Assume that no other team has dropped out. Yep. Then, yeah. And our chances, we are very, very. We're not. We're confident. We expect that we'll do very well because we have been working very, very hard, very yep. diligently, and. This is this is kind of like unprecedented times, you know, because of COVID and stuff. We have a bunch of teams dropped out, so we're up against a much smaller group of people, but they're all much, much more dedicated than what we would have had last. And, and is the know. prize simply pride and and valor, or is there a, a big, <laughs> bigger stake at hand? Uh, well, it's much bigger. So at different states of the competition, there are different sorts of prizes. Usually there'll be like trophies and stuff for state, which we didn't get because COVID or whatever. Nationals, you do get a trophy. But then Worlds, the final prize is truly a great one. It's a $50,000 scholarship. Huh. 250000 Sorry, 250000 pounds scholarship into one of the prestigious engineering universities in Britain, which I cannot likely remember the name of front right now. But it's a very, very big prize, and obviously you do get bragging rights, which is Whoa, very forget the bragging rights. You get a scholarship for all of you. Like how, <laughs> how many people? Like very true, but <laughs> you know, it's most you can be to your kids. When I was your age, I was competing in a multinational state engineering competition. You know, man, that is that is huge. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow, it's, that's that's uh, that's quite brilliant. So, um, what do you need to to for success? What are what helps you? Get this over the line. How can we help you win the Australian title? Well, there's a lot that everyone can do mostly. So <laughs> um, specifically what you guys who are listening can do to help is sponsorships and partnerships are a very big role. Mm-hmm. Because going to Melbourne, designing the car, manufacturing it, it's not cheap, like at all. If we're estimating a amount to just go to Melbourne, the bare minimum it's around 10K. What? Just to go to Melbourne. Yeah. Five members to go to Melbourne, it's 10K for seven days. It's insane. And that's taking into account transportation costs, like logistics, everything like that, very expensive. So having sponsors and partnerships to help us on board is simply insurmountable in helping us as a team. Wow. You need to raise 10 grand. 
Uh, so yep, obviously, what you're, you're selling lamingtons or chocolates? How on earth are you going to do that? <laughs> uh, well, mostly it's through partnerships. So mm-hmm. we talk to companies and they agree to help us to jump on board. We promote their brand through like multiple ways of displaying their brand, such as on our team T-shirt, on our trade display. We have multiple ways of showing their brand. But mostly the, they decide to help us because they truly believe they're doing it for a good cause, you know, helping these, this group of year 11 students advance with engineering, marketing, all these things, propelling yeah. them into a national competition, you know. So you're like an F1 team, you're looking for a major sponsor and a bunch of uh, smaller sponsors at the same time. Pretty much. We actually do even have a prospectus, you know, which we give out to um, our sponsors, our potential sponsors, to let them know of our different sponsorship tiers, which we actually do have. What's the entry level tier? Uh, well, well, I, was I mean, I mean, two hundred uh, fifty dollars is our base value. However, there are additional things that you can, uh, like, we've opted for a more flexible sponsorship uh, RRI, where you can add on certain things, where you can place your logo, I guess, on certain like trade display or social media, etc. And there's different tiers even within that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I'm down for some cash. You need to send me a prospectus. Though. I need to see what I'm up for. <laughs> we'll gladly send you. We'll send you it as soon as it's finished. We have to do some review through the school because obviously we're still a school team. We have to represent our school. Prairiewood High School represent. <laughs> and but yeah, we'll send you the prospectus as soon as it is completed. Yeah, because we wow. see we revise it, we completed before, but then there's been adjustments since uh, the postponement, so we had to um, change it quite a bit. Well, if you, you send me the prospectus, I'd be keen to get involved in a small way. Um, and I think the, what you're saying here is that people need to get in touch with you. And so what is the best way? Is it via your Instagram account or what's the, what's the way um, people can see what you're doing and uh-huh. maybe just maybe get involved? Um, you can contact us through our email. Um, that would be team at vanguard.sydney or either through our um, Instagram um, which is at vanguard.sydney and there's also our website which is www.vanguard.sydney <laughs> vanguard. I'm just looking up the uh, I followed you from the EFTM account on the Instagram and let me do it from my account as well so I've got you there all right, make car go fast. F1 in schools team. Here we go. <laughs> we have a funny story about okay. that slogan. Hit me because I was going to say, oh, if I'm your English teacher, I've got some issues. <laughs> okay, so I've been in the competition for four years now. And three years, four years ago, actually, we had a team with a very, very great name, Team High Ground. We were very into Star Wars. Anyways, we have to have a slogan for the competition for our team, you know, a team brand. So we jumped in a quick call over the internet and we were like, okay, guys, let's figure it out. What is our team slogan? And, you know, we're teenagers. We make jokes. This was four years ago. We would have been, what, 12, 13 years old? I would have been 13 was years this, old. Was this, was this or, or, or no, it was Team Highground really? four years ago. Yeah. And anyways, so we hopped in the call and we're making jokes and stuff. And one of our, our former team members was like, well, what are we trying to do? And I was like, we're trying to make car go fast, you know, <laughs> like we're trying to make the car go fast. And, you know, everyone was like, you know, it has a ring to it. Make car go fast. It really rolls off the tongue. So keeping a traditional life for the past four years, we have had our team slogan as make car go fast. MCGF, that's your motto to live by. MCGF. Well, uh, Henry and Raymond aren't on the call, but Raymond seems to have the real uh, issues with the make car go fast because he's the head engineer. 
So <laughs> yes, um, he is a head engineer. He's not with us today, sadly. Mm. He, he's but, got yeah, some work so to do, it, poor Raymond. Sheesh. Legit work. <laughs> yeah, you blokes are um, just but, talking about it. He's got to make the car go fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, he talks about it. All right, that's yeah. his entire life. He works. Very he comes good. back home. He works on F one. All right. Well, I wish you all the best. Um, Hopefully you get a few people get in touch, but uh, most importantly, it's a, it's a great thing to have a passion like that. Hopefully you can represent Australia, as, as you rightly say, has been done many, many times in the past. And uh, we wish you all the best, boys. Thank you so much for having us on board. Vanguard.sydney is the place to go via their social media or just the website, vanguard.sydney. Very, uh, very uh, advanced, top-level domain stuff going on there. Um, well done, <laughs> boys. Good luck. Thank you so much. See ya. All right, you got a tech question, go to the website eftm.com. Josh did that. G'day, Josh. G'day, Trevor. Joshua Dowling. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Glad you're back from holidays. We've missed you. Thanks, mate. I appreciate your support. What are you driving this week? Uh, Hyundai Staria Load. Oh, um, wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, isn't it? You are thinking Porsche or Ferrari, weren't you? No, well, it's it's. you know what? I love it because every <laughs> – Sorry, it's 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 literally hilarious because you know Josh, if people don't know, is a, a motoring uh, editor at uh, Drive.com.au. Uh, run, you know, drives more cars than I would ever dream to. But it, I love it because I there's some people in this game who only drive <laughs> fancy stuff, right? And I yeah, keep saying you've got to be grounded. You've got to know what else is out there. You got you got you got to drive vans. You know what I mean? I loved. I yeah. bought. It wasn't the it was the standard star I had, but then there was like the Hilux or something. No, the High Ace, and I'm like, you got to drive it because one day a tradie's going to ask you or a delivery man which is the best, and you're like, dude, I don't think you should get an LDV because of this and that. So, wow, star yeah. load. Wow. And, and I, I love driving or spending my time in kind of the top twenty brands because mm. that's where the meat of the market is, right? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, we do drive the top end stuff, and it is nice to get behind the wheel yep. of the top end stuff. Uh, here's a tip for you, Trevor. I call them palate cleansers. <laughs> so ah, yes. it's good to get into a Porsche or a Ferrari or Lamborghini once in a while because then you go, oh, wow, that's how far the motor vehicle has come. But you're right. Like that's sort of two, three, four times a year, whereas there are guys who do spend maybe 80% of the year in that stuff. And and to be honest, there's two great feelings. One is when you get those cars. The other one is when you hand them back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going. I'm about to go through a wave of it of the palate cleansers. To be honest, um, <laughs> but no, and I'll be I'll be full transparency for my audience here. I stopped booking cars. Yeah, because it's a lot of effort. Like for me, I've got a lot of gadgets to review. Cars is bad enough, um, and if you're not in a cycle of picking them up and dropping them off the same place, it's actually quite a pain in the bum. Um, That's so, right. And I also, Josh, I went to this point. I went, you know what? I'm going to find out who cares. Um, and so yeah. it's interesting <laughs> to see who reaches out to you. Um, which is why I drove a Corvette last week. I'm like, dude, you you rang me. I saw that. You rang yeah, me. I'm straight. Awesome. I'm straight there, dude. Any day. And yesterday I picked up the BMW i4. You know, fully electric. This is this is my bag. You know, I want to know. Sure. Like, there's stuff in this car that no one else driving it would have noticed, but I can't wait to you know talk about it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the, the i4 the i4 is not bad, but wait to drive the iX. That's the real one, right? Pick, so that's uh, the spaceship looking one. Fennec and I have got two BMWs yeah. this week, and I'm swapping to the iX on Friday. So yes, yeah, nice one. And then the Corvette. Just a side note. Mm. Interestingly enough, even though that car is claimed to be capable of zero to 100 in about three seconds, so that's Porsche. 911 turbo numbers, yeah. quick. Yeah, they won't allow us to performance test that car as yet. So I don't know what that oh. means, whether there's some sensitivities in the clutch. But if you look at the loan agreement form, they don't want you to test it. It's like, hang on, 
that's like giving someone an iPhone to review saying, you know, don't try and wear out the battery. <laughs> It's a good anyway, point. we digress. Now, people want to you, know about tech. you got in touch because you've got a similar problem to an earlier caller where you love Foxtel Cable, but it's about to say bye-bye. Yeah, I've had Foxtel for 20-plus years. I actually did a quick calculation on the back of oh. how much I paid. I went, wow, I've paid a lot of money for that. And I don't want to let it go. Unfortunately, yeah. I think, and you'll be the expert here, Telstra has forced my hand and Foxtel's hand. And so that cable will switch off for Foxtel use. And the solution that they're proposing to me is, A, put a satellite dish on your roof, mm. but my landlord at this stage hasn't gotten back to me and I think won't let me anyway, or B, plug into Wi-Fi, but I don't have Wi-Fi at home. I just use data off my phone. I've got a couple of really good plans we've spoken about before. I've got that brilliant <laughs> 199 take it anywhere plan from Telstra. I'm too scared to this let go. This is a bloke that spends 200 bucks a month on a mobile but doesn't want a home <laughs> internet. See, that's this is a challenge, right? That's it. That's it. So I've got all this data and I don't know what I'd love Foxtel to do is to do a Josh pack, which is similarly priced to say a KO or a Netflix. So in the 10 to $15 a month range, but maybe they've got a way where I only can view that Foxtel account on a mobile device or an iPad. Mm -hmm. If they could do that on there, but if they want to charge me $49 to watch it on my iPad, I'm probably going to have to bow out after 20 years. So we'll get to the what you watch in a minute, but let's, and I, I'll just, clarify one thing about Telstra being involved. It's actually nothing to do with Telstra. Oh, right. The, NB the NBN owned that cable. Right. And, Got and it. that was part of the, the deal was they took over the cable. But the NBN's not asking Foxtel to leave. Um, oh. The thing here is, this is it's, it is partly Telstra, but Telstra's not kicking them off. See, as a part of this rort that was, you know, uh, Telstra getting part, move, handing over the NBN uh, infrastructure, the HFC infrastructure for the NBN, they got to keep their part of the hybrid fibre cable network and they're leasing it to Foxtel. The cost is, and I, this was a quote four years ago, that they gave me, moving customers yes. from HSC is a decision for Foxtel's management. Telstra receive $35 million of revenue for Foxtel in the first half of financial year 18. $70 million a year Foxtel have to pay wow. to use that cable. That probably explains why they're prepared to put a satellite dish on the roof at their expense. Yeah, that's why they've... <laughs> if, if that happens, the other thing yeah. is, you know, the IQ5 box they talk about, 99 yes. bucks, right, or something like that. It, I, I spoke to someone in the industry. There's no way they're not losing hand over fist big bucks on what, every single one of those. Really? Because, oh, wow. you know, you look at a Fetch Mighty, that's a $459 product. Let's say they're making 100 bucks. Foxtel's probably losing 100 or $200 on that product because they have to do this transition. Yeah, so, and they want people to stay with them, obviously. It's, yep. it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's irreversible. It's going to happen, right? Okay. So yep. free-to-wear, have you got a free-to-wear antenna? I do, but I do watch free-to-air through the Foxtel IQ box. Okay. So, obviously, we can plug the antenna into the TV. We can watch free-to-air, but I'm assuming you also yes. record free-to-air. I record the news every day being a journalist, obviously. So, yep. But I've figured out now that the Nine app has the ability to watch catch-up over the last seven days. You get the last seven days news bulletins, which is great. Exactly right. So, a lot of the catch-up apps are enough, but... In reality, I still record, like we record Lego Masters at home because it's just easier to go to Fetchbox and just, you know, record, just play and recording, right? So 100%. from a, and I'm, just, I'm getting to the, the pay TV in a minute, but the from a free-to-air point of view, a Fetchbox is a great investment because you can just record all 
the free-to-airs as, as you need, as you want, and it's actually a better recorder than any Foxtel box has ever been. Um, but, but just to pause there, can I ask a really embarrassingly no. naive question? The fetch box really is only uh, an aggregator and a, li- and, a, and a live recorder. Buying a fetch subscription or a fetch box, that doesn't automatically unlock other apps like Netflix, no. uh, Stan, etc. Right. Right. So, so if, if, you, if you walk into Harvey Norman and spend four fifty nine, I think it is, for the new box, right, the Fetch yes. Mighty, then you, yep. you put that down. It does it does free-to-wear. You don't have to pay anything for free-to-wear. You don't have to pay anything. I think you, you put a $1 down and you can get access to their movie box, which is just movies they curate. But from there, you add to it. So you add Got in it. their their channels. They've got a bunch of channels we'll talk about. You add in <clears throat> Netflix, Stan, etc. If you've got an account, you can add it in, just like Got you it. do on your TV, right? So it doesn't include anything else. But because that 459 bucks buys you a, a video recorder, essentially, then you've got your free-to-air recording covered. But you're obviously recording a bunch more than just free-to-air, I'm assuming. Of course, yeah, I do. Look, I'm a tragic. I love cops. I'd never get that. What channel? Uh, that's 135. That's the Crime and Investigation channel. They just do cops almost nonstop. There's also some really great reruns of High Patrol from Victoria and RBT from various states. You can spot the theme here. Yeah, um, I really can. <laughs> and, and the forensic files. All that. Now, a lot of that stuff is on the Fox app and they do have previous seasons. But no, no but, I want to go back. Is it, on, is, it on, is it one of the channels you can get on Fetch? Oh, that I don't know. I haven't checked. So, man, you need to check that. Um, the, ah, okay. the critical thing here is the channels, they've got so many channels, but not all, all right. of them. Let me be clear. It's not Foxtel. But um, they have ID, which is like an investigation discovery. So it's not the crime. Yeah, that's inv- good. I love that's that. I've, I've got a dig. Yeah. It's basically just constant murder uh, mysteries. Yeah. Um, they've got Discovery. They've got BBC Earth. They've got um, – do they have A&E? They used to have A&E. I don't think they do anymore. And so what's the approximate subscription cost for Fetch? Is it around the 10 to 15 range or is it uh, closer to Foxtel money? $20 gets you all their channels. Yeah, right. Okay. So, well, that's better. that could be better than Foxtel. You probably don't need them all because there's a bunch of kids' channels in there. You could probably get away. It's $6 per – oh, they call them packs, right? So yep. have a little look at the features and package thing and work out whether or not there's – and this is what I really recommend you do. On the Fetch box, look at the list of channels and work out what you – don't then have. So what are you got missing it. out? Then got the next it. thing I say to you is what TV have you got? Oh, it is a Panasonic, but I don't know how oh. smart it is. It's got an HDMI okay. and it's got, yeah, but it's old. It was like, it's five years old. I don't know how smart it is. So we might need to smarten it up and that could okay. be, the fetch box might half do that, but also a, a Google Chromecast can, can answer this question. But yes. uh, if, if there's channels, once you've made a list of the things that with a fetch box, and, uh, and a Fetch subscription with, to their, their premium channels, what am I missing? That's what you need to ask yourself. What am I missing? Got it. And Got then it. write down the names of those shows and check out Binge. Got it. Because maybe n- Binge has them. Nearly yeah, every it. show that is on Foxtel is on Binge. Because oh, wow. it's, it's essentially. And, and Binge, I'm guessing, is like 10 to 15 bucks again, is it? Yeah. Yeah, right. okay. Well, that's cheaper it, than Foxtel. And, and yeah. if you want Fox Sports, you just get KO. I've got that. Yeah, that's KO's unreal. Yeah. KO's revived my pa- KO and the Netflix F1 series yeah. has revived my passion. But seriously, it did the job. I mean, last year was an amazing series, tragic end. But yeah. anyway, we're getting off the track. But the point is, those apps and being able to watch live TV whenever you want yeah. um, has changed my viewing habits and, dramatically. And, and binge is a large portion of the Foxtel playlist. 
Um, well, that might be my answer. So and therefore, mate, I've just, I've I've just searched spend... cops, protect yeah. and serve, boom, yeah. four seasons on binge. <laughs> so what you're saying is what I save on the Foxtel app. How Fox much are you spending on Foxtel right now, today? Oh, 50. Between fifty bucks and sixty-five bucks. Okay, right? so you're on quite a low, but you're not playing for sport, right? That's why. No, I don't need sport because I've got KO. So the so sixty-five I'd... goes out, but then yes, the problem is all these things still need internet. That's right. And this is where I'm in a real dilemma. Now, and I don't want to keep having to pair my phone all the time because oh, okay, it's going to yeah. be a, a nuisance, right? So I think I do. Need, and I took your advice. Aussie broadband seems to be the best one. And I'm probably speeding too far ahead here, but there's obviously I want the fast pack, but yeah. apparently the fast I'm on that hybrid cable. I think the fastest I can get effectively is 100 bits per it, second. Versus it, it might be. A, are you in an apartment or a house? Yeah. Apartment. It's probably only ever going to be 100. Got it. Okay. it, it at some point you might get, but mate, honestly, I, I challenge the day you need more than that. Honestly, I've got. Okay, fair I enough. pay for a thousand. I'm an idiot. Yes. Like it's just really? stupid. I got to need what it. I would do. I, I got, do I got three I kids. We're, we're streaming at the same time. We don't notice. <laughs> Our stream, my internet dropped down to five megabits per second, and we barely noticed that it was failing. Wow. You know when I mean? are we going to get – sorry to derail this. I will no. go back to the original point, but when are we going to get a 5G dongle that you just keep at home, it's obviously portable, that's at an affordable price, unlimited, because 5G is evidently faster than NBN. So I'm kind of – I was trying to hold out so I can get that 5G dongle, and then I'd just leave it on permanently Mate, in the house. Um, two, you need to you need to check Optus and Telstra. Yep. They both have 5G home broadband. Yeah, but they're not unlimited. Uh, I think the Optus is. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, okay. I'm pretty sure it's – I'm going to check this now. 5G explainer. Okay. Oh my god, so many. Links no, there's a lot click. on there. Yeah, but, but I'm yeah, in a 5G unlimited, area. It's definitely unlimited good. data. Hundred percent. They're Ooh. 5G home internet, and it's like 80 bucks. So that could be my answer, right? Mate, the but the, then I'm just the make Optus sure. modem yeah. will. Yeah. And and Josh, here's the other thing. I would love to know how much of your mobile data you're actually using at home. It's because about look, depending on use, it's in, it's no more than 200 gigs a month, really. But I, but I just don't, I don't want to ever end up with a bill because I've gone over. So I'm, I will always go rather go unlimited than trip up and get a big bill. I understand. But if you put unlimited internet at home, I believe you one day might be able to walk away from that unlimited mobile plan because you're actually using most of your data at home. Yeah, gotcha. See what I'm saying? Like, gotcha. If you try the Optus, you got uh, it'll. They're very quickly. They they check your address. If you're in an area, they let you have it. You know, it's not. That's right. Science, but they don't let you have it unless it's guaranteed you're going to get it just because got you've it. got 5G and stuff. So Optus got 5G, um, failing that, Telstra do have a 5G, but you're right, it's not unlimited, I don't think. Um, not yet. That's and, right. and then Fetchbox, uh, but check the channels tonight. Yes. Check the channels, see what you're missing, and just quickly sign up for Binge today. I've already checked. Highway Patrol, there. Oh, I'm there. Uh, very, very quick. I know time's running out. Um, between Aussie Broadband – uh, NBN, mm. which I can get to this house, and you've raved about them before, and every every Google review I see is that they say amazing things about those guys, yep. or a 5G Optus dongle, what would you go with out of those two? <sighs> Mate, are you planning on moving anytime soon? No. Then get the internet. Get get the NBN. Okay. All right. I, I, look, the thing about 5G is it's uh, – you know what? I'm, I'm torn. I don't know what to say because – they're, mate, you're not going to notice the difference. Either it's going to be fine. You're going to get great speeds. It's going to be cheaper to get the Optus 5G. And the reason is, the reason yeah. is, every customer that 
uh, any, any internet provider has, Aussie Broadband or Optus, on the NBN costs them 40 or $50 that they don't get to keep. Whereas, oh, that's a licensing fee. So someone's clipping the ticket on the, the NBN, way through. They, someone's going to yeah. pay for the billions of dollars that it costs, right? Whereas the, all the providers, Vodafone included, want you to be on mobile home internet because they get the entire ticket. Got it. Got it. So you're always going to get a better deal with a 5G home internet. Got it. Look, I've never bought an Optus device before or product before, so this could be a first. So thank you for your advice. And please, if anyone from Foxtel is listening, or maybe you can send them this clip, can they please do a mobile phone iPad only plan for around 15 bucks, and then they'll still get my $15 every month? You don't know. They, they own Binge. They're getting it. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Because, I mean, the way I look at it is they're pumping out that signal anyway. They just need to get as many people signed up as they can, right? Mate, you've already got KO. You're going to get binge. There's uh, $40 a month they're already getting. So don't worry. You're still a Foxtel customer. And let's be clear, they don't care you've been with them for 20 years. No, they don't. (laughs) Even though they thank you when you ring up their call center, they do thank you. Do you get platinum service? Do you get faster calls being answered? Like no. you fly with an airline for you know two yeah. months more than another one, they give you premium service. It's rubbish that sure. the telcos don't do the same thing. Hundred percent, mate. Right. Thanks for your help. Look as forward always. to hearing how you go, buddy. Knowledge. Good on Legend. you, mate. Cheers, See you, mate. Joshua Dowling um, comes to me for tech advice, um, but we do text about other things. <laughs> but I, I, you know, he fortunately, and I appreciate him him doing it. He asked that question via the website because this is a massive problem for everyone. And I know that sounded really complex, and I I think I might have lost you halfway through as I probably lost Josh, but I think when we do the numbers on that, he's going to be paying more per month. No doubt. But the thing is, to keep his existing situation, his existing situation with Foxtel, he has to add on $100 a month of home internet. So what what I'm saying is, okay, let's add on the 100 to his budget, and then, so he's got a, he's spending 65 a month on Foxtel, he's adding the 100 for internet, that's $165. Now, Add on binge, add on KO, he's already spending and stuff, and add on 20 bucks a month for for uh, fetch, and you're actually ending up with, he's probably saving 40 bucks if he gets that $80 internet plan from Optus. Anyway, I can't wait to know what he ends up with. All right, great to be back. Um, I think I'll put this show in the Two Blokes Talking Tech at the, on Thursday. I'll put Two Blokes Talking Tech in for Wednesday night because it'll be. I think it'll be quite topical with everything going on with Twitter and stuff. Um, so grab that feed um, if you're listening the other way around. Ah, you're confused. So am I. Uh, it's time to get some lunch and then head off to some meetings and then I'm going to record with Fennec this afternoon. Thanks for listening. Good to be back. Talk to you soon. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast.